It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Yeah, very good evening to you. This is the West Ham Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio every single Wednesday, 8 till 9pm. Jake Watson in for Johnny Burrow this evening. As I said, he is resting up the voice. It's been a, a busy few weeks, has it, for our, for our Johnny. Um, so rest up, mate. Um, hopefully we'll see you again soon. So yeah, it is me, Jake Watson, joined in the studio uh, by James Jones and Danny Lewis um, from West Ham World. It's been, James, all f- f- for yourself, Danny, first time I've met you. Very good Very good evening. Nice to meet you. But James, the first well time I've seen you in, in a little while. It's been a while, hasn't it? It has. Yeah, it's nice. It's, oh, nice, it's it, nice to see your what, face. I thought you were saying you were leaving it there. It's nice that you've not seen me in a while. <laughs> no, there, no. There, was a, there was a pause there. No, I was just, I, I just didn't what know. What was that for? I just didn't know. A dramatic pause. What nice word to say afterwards. <laughs> nice, but it's good to see your face, Jake. It's been nice. It's been nice. <laughs> um, right, you were just mentioning me before we kind of gone on air. Um, it's a certain. I'm not. I'm sure if we can go an anniversary, but there's a date of of slight significance. Isn't there? Yeah, today for, for for you West Ham fans, it's four years since West Ham signed Dimitri Payet. Um, and is this is this of particular significance? Well, the the club have seemed to have made a big deal about yeah, it. Yeah, no, I, I did I did see it on today um, on Twitter. And you know, I think a lot of fans are still split on on whether he's a legend or whether uh, whether he can uh, uh, we can just be forgotten given the way that he left uh, what eighteen months two years ago. So I don't know. Like, Obviously, on these sort of anniversaries, everyone's like, oh, would you have him back? You know, and there's been some hints that we might be interested in him. But, um, Danny, me and you were talking in the, uh, yeah. uh, beforehand that, you know, probably wouldn't have him back. Yeah, I, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm not one of those that still hate him and all that sort of thing. I, I miss him, like, quite a lot. I was writing an article about him earlier and I was just thinking, like, oh, just remember those days and... To be honest, that's part of the reason why I wouldn't want him back because I don't want that time tainted. Because he's going, almost... going back to an ex, right? Yeah, it's like he—he he was this almost like this magical figure who just popped up for a season, mm. scored these incredible free kicks, and then left again. And it's, mm. you know, if he did come back and was average or not as good as last time, it would be like, oh well, mm. 
you're not the same now, are you? I find it interesting, though, what you said, you know, this, this debate almost among West Ham fans about whether he is a legend or not. Because, as I say, I, I used to do this show, it's been, it's been a little while since I've been here, but one of the last ones we did, I think, it was off the back of a, a West Ham Twitter video of, of Mark Noble. <laughs> and yeah, and we yeah. had a, a long old debate about that, didn't we? Yeah, and yeah. It, it was massively divisive between the fans about whether he was a, a legend or not, which I found personally quite hard to believe. I mean, even if you know you can question his ability, I mean, I, I'm not necessarily that that's a debate, but in terms of his longevity at, at the football club, I thought it was a bit of a no-brainer. So I find it interesting that we're having the debate about Martin Noble being a, a legend, but also having the same one about Pyatt, who, who as, he, as I mentioned, had a, a one magical season and then kind of left under really quite kind of acrimonious circumstances. I think in, in this day and age, you know, it doesn't take a lot for fans to to, to call someone a legend. You know, all they've got to do is bang in a few free kicks and, and yeah. give you a good season and suddenly, you know, they're, they're in that bracket or getting close to being in that bracket. I think Payet could have been could have been put in that bracket had he not left the way he did um and had he stayed a little bit longer maybe to the end of that season you know where he left in january um but in the at the end of the day he didn't and what what happened happened and you know i i don't i don't think we should even entertain any kind of move for him because we're not going to get the same payer you know we got we got a 28 year old payer or 27 year old payer at, at the time mm. you know Pushing, you know, pushing to get into the the France team for the Euros, um, yeah, which, he, which he did. He, did. he was one of the stars of that, and one, he was wasn't one he? of the stars. Yeah. And you know, we're not going to get that sort of player anymore. And I just think, you know, if he comes back, where did one? Where does he fit? Yeah. Uh, and two, sh- the first time he plays, everyone's going to expect him to whip in a free kick from thirty yards, <laughs> and he's and he's going to rip one into Rose Ed, and everyone's going to go, "Oh, really? Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. What's I the point? Now. What's the point?" And, yeah. Just leave it be, you know. We've got some great memories from him from that last season at Upton Park. Um, memories that you know will stay with many, many fans, uh, you know, forever. Let's just leave it at that. Danny, do you agree? Yeah. Well, uh, just before the show, I got some stats on how he actually yes. did this season. Mate, because, I love some stats. Um, so has he been rubbish? He actually hasn't been that bad. He got across the Europa League and Ligue 1. Um, he got 27 starts and nine sub appearances, scoring six goals and getting seven assists. Okay, so Decent it's not term. that bad. It's all right. But, you know, if you saw that in normal circumstances, you'd be like, "Oh yeah, give it a go." But you know, it's just that sentimental value. Like, I don't want him to come back and ruin what he is to me because of what he did before. Like, so you know, as James said, he probably might not fit in and you know others might have to miss out if he did come in who could do better mm. but it's not even that that for me you know for some people it's the fact that he did so well the first time that they want him to mm. come back but for me it's the complete opposite so is, is this um discussion about you know would you have him back coming off the back of like genuine links or is it just you know a general discussion you, you have amongst yourself in terms of a you know a what if situation well he's been linked with Leeds hasn't he which, I, haven't, I mean, I've seen Buffon and Francesco Totti yeah, have been this week linked with Leeds. it has been linked with them really? as well. I didn't, I didn't um, see that one. I haven't seen any solid, like, credible links to yeah. West Ham, but, you know, there's, there's been a few insiders on, on Twitter perhaps hinting that, you know, it's being looked at. So, um, again, that, that strikes me a little bit in terms of the way he left, whether the you know the fans, we all know, not fickle, but do you know what football fans are like? You know, memories can be short, you can love someone, you can hate someone. It can change very quickly, but I, I, I presume kind of relationships with a board um, would perhaps be more kind of lasting. So it, 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 I find it a little bit surprising that the board would, would entertain it because of the way it left. 
I don't think they would. I don't think David no. Sullivan would entertain it. And you know, the, what, what we're hearing at the moment is that you know, Pellegrini and Husslos have their own mission in terms of the, the transfer strategy, and he kind of doesn't fit into that that you know that sort of bracket of player that we're looking for anyway. So I think a lot of it is just you know just talk because everyone would love to see him back. Yeah. But. See, the, the thing with me, we talk about legends and that because again, it's always a debate: is is that person a legend? For me, what I think, I think you need to separate a legend and a hero. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because for me, I think that a legend, it, it's kind of undisputable that that person, you know, they're a legend to everyone. Whereas I think a hero can be a personal thing. And, you know, they, they could have played just for your football club for a year, but because of, you know, Danny, you talk about the memories that they give you, he can be your hero. But there's a difference perhaps being a hero and a legend. Well, Tevez falls under the same bracket. Yeah. You no, know, he, he won't go down in, in particular as one of your club. greatest ever players, but in yeah. terms of, you know, moments that he gave you over a short period of time, you can understand why we would have some kind of status with those fans. Yeah. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I don't know about, don't know about you, Danny. And with the legend thing, you know, you don't look at Pyatt and think, Oh, you know, one day you might have a stand named after him or something no, like that. Like, <laughs> there is not going to be you a know, you look at, training ground. You, you look at Mark Noble <laughs> and think like, oh, you know, as much as people moan him about him now, you yeah. know, in 20 years, they could be thinking, well, oh, he, yeah, let's name a stand. We could easily, you know, once he finishes retiring, go into the coaching staff and just yeah. His, yeah. his association will likely in some capacity continue with West Ham. You know, in years gone by when he sat on the, the sofa on, on Sky Sports, he won't be there talking about any other football club other than West Ham. Yeah, you know? yeah. and it's like, you know, with Pyatt, in my book, he's nowhere near a legend, but he's just so unique. It's, you know, I doubt there's many players where a fan base would look at him the way that West Ham fans look at Pyatt. So it's a very unique case. He's, he's not a legend, but it's one of those where you can't really quite put a name on what he is to mm. West Ham, but it's kind of special in the same way. Well, he was a maverick, wasn't he, uh, as a, as a, a maverick's player. maverick's the best way to exactly. sum him up. Exactly, yeah. and, and, and again, you know, these are the kind of players that people absolutely love, don't they? I mean, James, in, in your years at West Ham, you had some, you had some, had some mavericks. You mentioned kind of the likes of Carlos Tevez. Yep. And then people forget, I suppose, sometimes, you know, when they haven't been there for years and years, or they've gone on to other clubs and had maybe a, a longer association with them, say, for instance, like someone like Carlos Tevez. But, I mean, where does, where does Pyatt rank in terms of kind of raw ability? Oh, he's, he's definitely up there with one of the best, I think. You know, if you just take that one season, um, barring De Canio, and he pushes De Canio and in again, terms of ability. Maverick. Uh, like the, the Maverick. <laughs> yeah, the um, ultimate. I think, you know, I think De Canio is probably the very top, but Payet pushes him in terms of one of the best players I've ever seen play live in a West Ham shirt. Mm. Uh, Tevez just behind. I think, he, I think he trumps Tevez. I think... Tevez only really turned up for 12 games in that season. Yeah, I know. It's crazy, um, isn't it? Although he was, you know, he had his moments, but it was the end of the season when we really saw the real Carlos yeah, Tevez. Came to life. Whereas Payet, for the entire season, was just was just amazing. But then Di Canio consistently did it for like, what, four or five years. Yeah. Danny, in, in, in your life, you know, going down to obviously the, the Berlin or, or the London Stadium, the players you've seen, I mean, is he is he the standout player? Well, yeah, he's definitely up there. To to be honest, I uh, I feel a bit for my nephew because when I first started taking him, that was Payet's first season, so he must have been thinking, "Oh yeah, this is what it's like every, every year. year. We're <laughs> yeah. gonna have this player like Payet." So and I was being like, "Oh, oh, Bob, you know what? Like, this is a very special player you're getting to watch. Yeah, yeah, Make yeah. the most of it." Yeah. Um. So yeah, he he's definitely one of the best that I've seen. Throw 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 another name though in there. We've got. Paolo. I mean, I was around for the end of 
uh, Paolo Di Canio. I also used to really enjoy watching Dean Ashton. Yeah. Um, he was yeah. one of my favourites. Obviously, it's a shame how yeah, things ended for nice him. Guy as well. But yeah, he was another one of my favourites to watch. And obviously, Scott Parker before he went to Tottenham. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> before he ruined that. Um, okay, brilliant. So what? Um, we're saying nice anniversary. Thank you. West Ham Twitter sphere for, for bringing it back to our attention yeah. but you know maybe maybe time to, to move on and forget about it or, or we're going to be sat here in another year doing five years since Payet hopefully not no yeah just leave it that <laughs> and there we are we're going to leave it right there <laughs> yeah. as said by James you are listening to the West Ham fans you're here on Lovesport Radio we come back uh, we're going to talk about the uh, under 21s championships rumours have it that the West Ham scouts had a whole host of people there checking out on the talent and not to forget um, a couple of your own players involved in the tournament itself. So we'll do that next here on the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport Radio. This is Love Sport. Yeah, and it's the West Ham Fan Show here on Love Sport. Jake, what's in for Johnny Burrow this evening? Um, we have got Danny Lewis and James Jones in the studio. We've just been discussing um, Dimitri Payet, maverick, cult hero, legend, whatever you want to call him. It's four years to the day um, since he signed for your football club. Um, maybe we'll be sat in another year's time and, and reminisce a little bit more about the Frenchman. But let's talk about the European um, Under-19s Championships, not necessarily from an England perspective. Um, I mean, I'm not sure what there is to say. It was it was pretty pretty dire. Um, but we do know that the likes of Pablo Fornals was out there playing for Spain, saw a goal he scored, looks a player. Um, mm. But yeah, what, what have you been hearing? Because the, the story is that you've got a load of scouts out there, which I think is great, um, taking a look at arguably Europe's I mean, you could go as far as saying the world's best talent all, all on show here. Yeah, well, the main focus at the moment is on the uh, French team. Um, we're meant to be looking at a guy called Mateta, um, but he only the only game he actually started was a 0-0 draw, and he's a striker, so that's probably not the best sign. <laughs> uh, but uh, apparently, we, you know, we're looking at the French players, and we're also keeping an eye out for other players, so... Uh, it's quite encouraging because obviously, you know, the the signs coming out of the club have been that, you know, we're looking for young talent and this, this sort of backs it up, you know, when you're looking at, you know, hypothetically, they're going to be the among the best under-21 players in Europe. So it's the perfect place to look probably and obviously it helps that one of our players is, well, one of our new players is doing very well there. He um, He's probably... See, he only started one game, but he's probably been amongst Spain's best players. Mm. Um, he came on for a bit in the first game, came on in the second game and scored the winner in the 88th minute and then started the final game, which Spain won 5-0 and scored the opener. So, yeah, you can't really complain when you see your new signing doing that. Mm. Yeah, and I suppose the nice thing is 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 when you're you're performing well at a tournament, because as you said, all these scouts here, everyone's taking a look at him. We, we see it all the time, particularly with, with World Cups. You have a good tournament, and then suddenly out of nowhere, you've gone from being a ten million pound player to a to a forty mm. million pound player, which is often a dangerous market. But you know, the four ounce deal is done. He's yours. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's I suppose that's the only real worry on the on the back of what 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 we've been told that you know there's a mission like under twenty one scouting mission going on, is that. Now, now everyone knows that we're there and we're we're keen on buying a few, a few youngsters. Mm. That you know, if one of the one or two of these youngsters have a you know have a really good couple of really good games, then their clubs are going to go, okay, yeah. well, you want him. You know, you're going to have to pay thirty million rather than the fifteen we, we initially wanted. Um, but at the same time, the, the big thing for me is that th- th- this really proves that there's been a real shift at the football club. 
in terms of the way we do transfer business. You know, everyone knows how poor we've been over the last few years, you know, buying the likes of, um, I know, Sofian Fagouli and Gokhan Toure and Simone Zaza and Arbaloa. I mean, I could go on. I could do the entire hour. Like, no, I'd, I'd like, like a couple more. Because uh, you, you, forget, you forget Patrice Evra. Patrice Evra. Uh, I mean, Samir Nasri I'd forgot half season. of those players you, you, yeah, you mentioned there. Gokhan yeah. Toure. <laughs> I mean, we're only just getting rid of a lot of them. Yeah. Um, so, to, to be able to already signed Pablo Fonaus who, who at the moment from from what we've already heard is, has been an absolute snip at 25 million quid um, to then be looking at a few more um, and hopefully get them you know if we can get them for you know under 20, 20 million quid which a lot of youngsters probably might might go if they're like just coming through their ranks at their at their parent club then I think it's only a good thing and I'd rather see us build a squad of young players than bring in the likes of Sam and Ashley on six-month deals, yeah. the likes of you know Arbelo and, and Ever and all that, just trying to fill gaps here and there because we've got injury crisis and all that. If you've got youngsters, hungry youngsters, coming out of a major tournament at their level, signing for a Premier League football team and fighting for a first-team opportunity can only be a good thing. Yeah, and so there, there has been a need hasn't there Danny to, to move away from these it's not, you don't want to criticise these players because some of them have worked out but you know it is nice to see that there's clearly a, a longer term view in terms of the way you're building this squad yeah definitely I mean you can only get so far by you know signing this old player and be like oh yeah he'll do it he'll fill a hole for a couple of months and then we'll get another one you know you're never going to really progress like that you know the fact that we're getting four nails and we're looking at these other young players it's like Oh, okay. Well, look at who we got last year. We got the likes of Issa Diop and Felipe Anderson. Mm. We had the people from this year, add them to the ones last year. Next year, if we do the same, there might be even better players. You know, that's how you start progressing as a club and you start pushing towards, you know, I don't want to say it because, (laughs) you know, this like promised land of European football and all that sort of thing. You don't want to tempt fate, but, you know, if things keep going along the way they are. And, you know, the fact that the likes of Man United are beginning to fall away a bit, you do sort of begin to harbour this little bit of hope, like, oh, maybe maybe yeah. it will happen, maybe yeah. we will actually it get is, in it's, there. It's the hope that kills. Look, mate, I say I'm a, a supporter of a, a similar-sized you know, Premier League club, and you always go into that same season. And think, That's oh, debatable, by the way. <laughs> that no, is debatable. No, what, what is the club? <laughs> are, you, are you doing this? I think it's debatable. <laughs> Leicester City. Oh, fair enough. No, it's debatable. No, we're not doing this. No, James, pretend, forget I ever said that. We're not having this debate right now. But it's the hope, isn't it, that kills you. Sorry, the reasonable um, person in the corner here, Danny. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting told I'm choosing to have this debate. We're we're absolutely not having this debate on the radio about sizes of football clubs. Um, But it is the hope, isn't it, in terms of you look at Arsenal, you look at Manchester United. I mean, Chelsea, with their situation, who knows what's going to happen next season with a transfer ban and a, a... a, a massive rookie going in at managerial level. You talk about some of the signings that worked out. You know, if Man United want Issa Diop, you know, various other players would be signing or looking at your players. There is kind of, you know, if you're going to kind of look at through those spectacles and with, with everything kind of going your way, that, you know, if everything... Well, what, well the ambition has to be to, 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 to push those clubs, isn't it? It yeah. has to be, or otherwise there's no point. Definitely. I mean... You know, we, we've sort of done done the years where we were a bit of a yo-yo club and, you know, we went that, we've went we been down a couple of times and come back up in my lifetime. But, you know, you, you, you sort of want to get away with that, uh, away from that and sort of be like, you know, we can push towards getting a higher position because, 
you know they they go into work every day and they put in the hard graft and all that and it's like you know it's pretty pointless doing that if you're not going to aim for something more than what you're already at mm, no absolutely and say the same thing to you kind of then then james you know you think you know if you get the likes of four nows through is it is it simply just progression next season and not necessarily league position does that make sense yeah i think it has to be i think we saw the beginning of of what what we what we the sort of new era that we told we were going to get in terms of the style of football okay it didn't happen every week but you know you had to forgive Pellegrini given that you know it was never going to happen overnight um but i think you're right progression whether that is if we just finish 10th again but the football's good you know we're consistent more consistent because last year we weren't consistent and that was my big gripe throughout the season um i think in terms of the style of football and the players that they're bringing in we'll see that it's just you know whether we can really start really fulfilling the you know the reasons why we move stadium because I think that's that's in the back of a lot of fans' minds now. Yeah. In that you know okay yeah we've this is the fourth season since we moved. We haven't had a season anywhere close to that last season at Upton Park. We've had to battle relegation for for what two years. Then last year, which was a good season. So any just any solid season, we're not looking over our shoulders at relegation. We're winning games that we should be winning. We're we're you know solid at home. I think that's very very important. Yeah. We like that last season. If we can, you know, make London Stadium a fortress and finish a mid-table again, I think that would be progression. On on four nows though, is there any? You know, you talk about you know it's it's great to to see the club going down the the route of you know young, exciting, talented players. Particularly, I mean, if you're if you're a Spanish international at any level, the likelihood is you you're fairly talented. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, these are young players coming into to new leagues. There is a big price tag. There is a certain expectation. You are naturally excited about this signing. That you know we we it, it's not too uncommon. And I mean, it's actually fairly regular occurrence that a, a young player coming in from a from a foreign league it doesn't hit the ground running to say the least. There's always going to be that worry, as you said, and you know I think a lot of fans are going to have to be, you know, you know, admit that it's going to take a little bit of time for him to to get used to the English game. Um, that you know we we spoke to a couple of weeks ago. We spoke to a Spanish football journalist, yeah, um, who was telling us all about four hours, and you know he said he didn't have the best season last year for Villarreal. Right, um, Villarreal weren't great themselves. Okay, but so this you is know, purely kind of done on the, the scouting you know, and the potential as opposed yeah, to what he's, what he's doing right now. Yeah, and he didn't have the best of seasons, and you know we were told you know be patient with him. He's got the talent. We've seen he's got the talent. He's what he's doing for Spain in the summer tournament, um, but you know. Danny was writing earlier that I think it was no I think it was um, Danny was writing earlier that you know it's going to take a little bit of time for him to get into the West Ham team because he yeah. could be he could be still at the tournament up until the end of June. Yeah, that's a fair point. So he's, he might not even play a for a couple of weeks because he's going to join pre-season a little bit later. So you know we need to be patient with these sort of players, particularly at, at such a young age. But you know the signs are promising, really, really promising. Yeah, um, just some breaking news regarding some some transfers just coming into us here at Love Sport. Uh, regards one of these under-21 players who was involved at the European Championships, not involving uh, West Ham, but it does involve uh, Chelsea, Jada Silva, who was part of the Chelsea team, one of their under-21 players, was alone at Bristol City last season. He's just signed permanently um, for them. Uh, rather interesting there, considering uh, Chelsea's transfer embargo. Obviously, do not see a future for him at the club. He signed a four-year deal at Bristol City. But, um, Danny, have you had a chance to have a look at much of the, the European under-21 Championships and, and do a bit of scouting yourself? Because uh, I love doing it. I love doing it. Because sometimes you see th- these players and think, oh, he's going to be a start and then 10 years later they, they just did nothing I've, I've had a little bit of a look the, there's one player who 
it's almost like bad timing that he's doing so well. It's Danny Ceballos and uh, West Ham and apparently... Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Real Madrid yeah. player. And West Ham had apparently had a little bit of a look at him. Um, but to be honest, like as much as you'd love to say, oh yeah, he's done really well at the under-21 Euros, we might end up bringing him in. It's like, I'm pretty sure I've seen that, you know, AC Milan are now looking at him yeah, and all these different teams are looking at him. So it's, you know, as much as it's a chance to scout players, it also brings competition to sign those players. So, yeah, Danny Ceballos is one that's been very impressive. I was looking at him earlier and I'm pretty sure um, it was on who scored, apart from one game of the three that he's played, he was given the best rating out of Spain. Um, so you that's know, decent. with four nails doing well, and you know other members of their team doing well, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, but um, if West Ham were interested, you'd hoping that they'd kind of done that scouting previously. If you're yeah. at Real Madrid, you should have should have heard of him. And then there's also a couple of the Romanian players. You know, they've done say, really well. It's, it's crazy, um, isn't it? Mm. It's absolutely yeah. mental. I mean, think at, at senior level. Obviously, England making the World Cup semi-finals, Croatia making the final, <laughs> being in the same group as France as well, and to to beat England and Croatia, score four goals past them, it's pretty nuts, isn't it? So yeah, you know, <laughs> do you fancy any of them? I mean, Georgie Hadji's son, Giannis, looks a bit of a baller. Yeah, so you know, I was going to say him. So you know, you you've got to be a bit careful going off players off the back of a yeah. of a national team tournament, but you know, if they you know, that could be the basis of them going and looking at him through the next season. And who knows, in January or next summer, it might be like, oh, yeah, Haggy's popping up. And then, you know, mm. that might have been the cause of it. Yeah, real life, real life football manager. Yeah, Haggy, he, he, he had a go in Europe, but ended up going back to Romania. So rather interesting. I'd imagine off the back of this tournament and the fact that he is related to Georgie Haggy, um, will find himself moving from top dollar to, to a big club um, or a big league at least um, this summer. Anyone you've seen, James, at all in European Under 20 Championships? I've, I've not been able to catch nah. a lot of it. Um, Pablo, that Pablo Fornals looks pretty good yeah. though what, what do you know of him? <laughs> yeah no he's a good little player yeah I like him yeah you should sign him you should sign him alright need to take a break it's the West Ham fan show on Love Sport um, loads more transfer talk coming up until 9pm this evening this is Love Sport yeah welcome back it's the West Ham fan show here on Love Sport we've got Danny and James Jones in the studio with me lots of transfer talk as you can imagine it's this time of year We've talked about our kind of scouting mission at the European Under-21 Championships. Um, a few people have uh, caught the eye, as you'd imagine. Um, but let's talk about some other transfer sagas that have been... Well, this one in particular has been running on for a while. Again, I remember being sat here in January with you and talking about Maxi <laughs> Gomez. Um, I mean, uh, I remember at the time discussing, talking, thinking it was pretty much a done deal, that there was a release clause there. He was kind of keen to come to West Ham. Um, but the situation was Celta Vigo, they were involved in a relegation battle, weren't they? And they basically said to him, look, stay until the end of the season, then you mm-hmm. can you can go. Um, well, no deal has, has happened at the moment. What is the latest? Because I'm very much out of the loop. Well, I'm, I've been told that the club really, really want him. Pellegrini said, that's the player I want. Um, and we're led to believe that wh- whoever Pellegrini wants, he gets. But this one's proving a little bit difficult because apparently he wants to stay in Spain and right. he wants to sign for one of the top three in Spain. I think I saw Valencia links. Well, Valencia had a had a bid rejected. Okay, yeah, um, I, I didn't just make that up. <laughs> he's, he's, apparently he's only interested in staying in Spain and playing for one of the top three. Right. Um, but West Ham believe that there's no chance that the top three are going to go in for him. Um, you know... 
unless unless they can get him for twenty five million at a snip, then you know they're not going to come in and pay like the forty five million yeah. quid that they no, want. No, it's a fair point. Um, West Ham obviously don't want to pay the forty five million. They're trying to knock him down, knock him down a little bit. So this one's going to go the distance. You know, if there's going to be a transfer saga this year, it's going to be West Ham and Axi Gomez. So yeah, I mean, is that kind of done what you want to hear though? You know, a, a player saying he, he doesn't really fancy. Do you know what I mean? When when you you want that player to be set on that move, don't you? Yeah, definitely. I, you know, it always helps when a player's like, oh yeah, I really want to come to West Ham. But you know, if the deal does happen, and as long as he knuckles down, you know, he might end up falling in love with the club, and then, you know, he wants to give everything for the shirt and all that sort of game. So. I guess I'm not that... I mean, there are a lot of fans that would be incredibly worried by the fact that he's not overly keen on moving to England. But in my personal in my personal opinion, you can't really blame him too much because, you know, obviously there's a comfort zone there and mm. he potentially doesn't want to leave that just yet. Uh, so, you know, obviously moving outside of Spain where he's played for however long mm. would push him outside of that. So in a way, you can't blame him. Um, so I wouldn't like hold a grudge against him or anything like that if he did sign. Yeah, and, and I suppose it, James, they kind of from the flip side again, in in terms of his not defence as such, but in terms of a positive for the football club, it is a mark of ambition, isn't it, that you are going after a striker who believes he can pay for one of those big three in Spain. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he was been linked with Barcelona not long ago. I think yeah. even in, even you know, as soon as January, um, and Tottenham have been linked with him. You know, Champions League semi final, uh, uh, sorry, finalists. Um, so <laughs> there are big clubs in, in for this lad or have been in for this lad um, so the fact that we're, we're still in the fight for him it is good um, it's good that he's got that hunger that he wants to play for one of those big Champions League clubs as well uh, it's whether then we can you know if we can get the opportunity to speak to him and convince him you know come and spend you know one or two seasons with us and try and get us into Europe and he can be playing at that level anyway yeah because he obviously feels that you know it, it might not be the fact that he wants to play for one of those big clubs he just wants to be playing in the Champions League or at least the Europa League yeah so you know and if we can go look you know we've got the foundations we've signed you know this exciting yeah, Spaniard called uh, that, you know Pablo Fornals who, who will know a lot exactly about exactly there could could um, work in your favour. You know, come along and jo- you know jo- join us and help us get to where we believe we we can get to. Um, and I think that that'd be a good sales pitch. I think that'd be a strong sales pitch to him. But you know, we've got to be able to get to that table first. And I yeah, think Silver Ego are, are playing hardball, which I don't blame them for. No, not not at all. But I mean, the, naturally, you want people through the doors as early as possible. He is the the one you're after. But at what point? Do you reckon, Danny, you kind of think, actually, we need to move on to, to target number two? Um, well, obviously, he's at Copper America at the moment, so there's not, not going to be anything too soon. So it's like, if you've got your heart set on him, you are going to have to wait. Um, but, you know, maybe... Have, have we been linked with any other kind of striker of, of his ilk? Because, you know, it's it's clear, isn't it? A striker needs to come in this window and a, and a decent one to lead the line, you know, and a marquee signing. Other than Gomez, are you hearing whispers of anybody else or is, is this very much, this is the club, this is the one the club are going, you know, all out for? Well, I've seen some stuff about Musa Morega. I'm not sure how... Accurate. Porto, Porto. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, he was, I'm pretty sure he Again, was... he's massive as well. <laughs> drawing as the third top scoring striker in the Champions League last season. Mm. You know, you can say, oh yeah, he was playing in the Portuguese league. But, you know, to be, he was alongside Tadic, who obviously did very well, and Cristiano Ronaldo and Aguero in the scoring charts in the Champions League. I mean, you know, 
as much as we are going on to do great great things, to have a player like that at West Ham United would be very impressive, in my mm. opinion. Yeah. So, I mean, there are a few others. I mean, there was that other uh, striker early on in the window, uh, Wesley Murray, who uh, who ended up at Villa, which surprised me. Uh, Villa just came in yeah. and got him, and we were linked Again, with him. Again, 22 million quid. Yeah, and then suddenly he was just rocking up at Villa. So, but then you know, there's his ongoing links with Rondon, um, you know, with. Again, situation. it looks like you're going after a particular striker here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking what what are the physical attributes of um, Gomez, Rondon, and Morega? Yeah. But then there's Mitrovic as well, who yeah. going after who's, yeah. you know can be a bit bullish. So I don't know. I think you know, we're going to end up with. Do you want Islam Samani? He's going. No, you're right. Yeah. Uh, it was <laughs> another player we were linked with before he, he rocked up at Leicester. I'll, I'll drop him off. Yeah, yeah. No, no, you're right. Um, <laughs> but there, there are there are several strikers we've been linked with, and it's it's interesting to see that the club are. Are really keen on 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 signing strikers, mm. um, but they're doing it a completely different way than they were. They were targeting Lacazette and Batshuayi about four four years ago, <laughs> where they're not telling anyone. They're not really sort of, they're keeping their cards close to their chest. Okay, the rumours are coming out, um, but they're not. You know, David Sullivan's not. You know, writing a column on the website going, "We've got fifty million quid and we want to sign this guy." It's it's a measured approach to uh, to signing a striker, and I think we'll sign one or two strikers uh, because you know we've already let Lucas Perez go. Um, uh, Hernandez is on his way yeah. out. You know, he's Andy admitted Carroll that has been released. Andy Carroll's been released. Jordan Hugo will probably go as well if we can find a buyer. Who? Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so we, we need, we should expect at least two, two, maybe even three to come in to to fill the gaps. Yeah. Uh, I can't imagine two or three of the, the names we've already spoken about going to come in because that'd be pretty crazy. Mm. But you know, I'd like to see the Maxi Gomez come through. But if not, then you know, I think the, the next best thing will probably be Mitrovic for me. I like Rondon, and so the, the issue with Mitrovic again is that there he's not going to be it's not going to be straightforward, is it, to to prize away from Fulham, even if he is even if he is available. There's going to be a big queue now. Obviously, I'm not saying that the West Ham, of course, can't win that signature. Of course, they could, but they're going to be in amongst a whole host of clubs. I mean, mm-hmm. the situation with, with Salomon Rondon is um, that he's not going to sign for Newcastle permanently now. Um, I found it one of the most crazy deals of all time because you know they they have a policy with that Mike actually doesn't allow anyone over the age of 26 to sign for the club it's madness isn't it? well, why on earth did you bring in Solomon Rondon on a loan deal with you to a permanent when he's 29 years old yeah what, I mean, I think but, West Brom have been dealt a pretty hard yeah, hard, yeah. hard line there but yeah Rondon's going to be available and he is you know a number 9 who can lead the line yet not prolific but you know what you're going to get and if you're talking of needing maybe a couple of strikers Rondon I mean again I'd, I think for any kind of mid-table top-half Premier League club he'll do a job the problem, I mean, the release course is only 16 million quid, so it's not going to break the bank either. Which is peanuts, um, really, isn't it? It is peanuts in today's Premier market. League, yeah. And, you know, I, I don't think if we do sign Rondon, he's not going to be a starter every week. Not if I'm out of it stays, which is looking very, very likely now. Um, he's going to be the backup option off the bench, very much like Andy Carroll was when he was fit. Um, but I think he'll do, he'll do a much more productive job than, than Andy Carroll could do towards the end of his West Ham career. It, it'd, be, it'd be a clever signing. But will he be prepared to be coming in and, and playing, you know, and playing second fiddle, and coming on for ten, fifteen, twenty minutes a game just to try and try and nick a goal? Mm. I'm not too sure whether he'd be up for that, given the impact he had for Newcastle last year. He knows he can still play at the top level week in, week out. Would he settle for that? Yeah, no, it'll be interesting. I feel as well. You know, if you if you go and get that ultimate kind of number nine as the the, the obvious player, it is then 
hard to then bring another striker, isn't it? We talk yeah. about kind of a Harry Kane, Jamie Vardy situation. Nobody wants to sign for those football clubs because you know you're going to be playing second fiddle to those mm-hmm. guys. You know, it'll be a similar thing. If you go spend £50 million on a striker, you then got to convince another one to come in and, and, and say, well, you, you will play. So is it then not a little bit kind of wise to go and go down a similar route with what Spurs did, finding someone like a um, son who can play across the front, you know, who can play wide, but also as a, as a striker. Because if you end up kind of, you know, having three, four strikers, you're just going to end up in the same situation right now with unhappy strikers not playing. Well, we've got players like that already in the squad. You know, Lanzini can play that role. Fornells could probably play that role as well. Yeah. Uh, Anderson played that role many a times last season. Mm-hmm. And on Outwich can play that role. Um, Nicolas Tony can play everywhere. Yeah, yeah, he can play in goal if you <laughs> yeah, want it. Do um, a job. <laughs> I, I, I don't see Rondon coming in and, and going up front, and then someone else coming in and, and playing that sort okay. of son, son role. I can see the likes of you know Gomez or Mitrovic coming in, and then uh, Arnautovic being allowed to play that role. I, I think you know if we're going to have that, then we're going to need a more mobile striker up top. Uh, I don't see Rondon as that mobile striker. I see Rondon as a player to come in and and be that option off the bench rather than that that regular starter. Um, so I think he, I, I can see him being a last resort if we fail to get Gomez. I think if we don't get Gomez, we could sort of, you know, you sort of go for two strikers who have a similar level. You know, find someone who's Rondon and then like another player of that sort of level but a different style and you sort of say go on challenge Arnautovic and go and become the first choice striker mm. because then you've got three strikers all you know wanting to prove that they should be the first choice mm. they're all going to give their all and they're all going to have a chance of actually playing you know whereas you know if we did sign Gomez obviously you want to have the best striker you possibly can but it would in a way, help having three strikers who are of a similar level because, mm. you know, they're staying motivated throughout the whole season because they know that if they put in a couple of good performances, they've got a chance of being the main man. Yeah, no, I just say often with, with strikers, it can be a dangerous game, can't it? Because they're all so desperate to play. Yeah. They all need a run of games as well. You know, you can't just throw somebody in then bring them out for, for a couple of games. Um, but with, with Arnie, is there any talk, any whispers whatsoever? He'll be offers that completely disappeared. Now, personally, it feels like it has. It's disappeared. You yeah. know. Good thing? But Yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think we're all a little bit upset with what happened in January. Um, and some people might, you know, I know that my brother being one has, has like washed his hands of him. Yeah. Just don't want anything to do with him anymore because of what happened. Uh, after, I'm sure he's not the only one. After the Wimbledon game where, you know, we'd just been beat 4-2 by bottom of the league one team and suddenly he's coming out going oh, I'm going to stay I've just signed this new contract five minutes after full time it's like you should have been on that pitch mate yeah. um, so I can understand why a lot of fans would rather rather sell him and sort of you know see the back of him but he showed towards the end of the season in those last two games that it can be so important to, to West Ham United and he can score goals um, and I, th- I see no reason why we shouldn't try and keep hold of him because he's got that contract he's on a lot of money you know why not keep him uh, and at the moment, it looks like China have lost interest. Yeah, well, that that feels to say because of that contract and because of his age and the money that West Ham would naturally like to receive for yeah. him if they were going to do a deal. The only option really is if it's this Chinese interest again. Yeah, I mean, I, I say China have lost lost interest, like the Chinese clubs, not the entire country. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it does look as though the, the Chinese clubs interested in him aren't interested anymore and that can only work in our favour because no one in Europe 
are going to pay 45, 50 million quid for him. Nah, no, not unless you're a, you're a Premier League football club, as, as you rightly say. Uh, you are listening to the West Ham Fan Show. We're going to take a break. We come back 1 till 9pm this evening. Going to discuss some other things. The defence. Is anybody coming in this summer? Um, you know, the likes of Issa Diop, Balbuena, had, had decent seasons. Do we need anyone else? I know Diop's been linked, isn't he? With moves away from the football club and also talk about the midfield as well. We know that Fournals has come in. We've got lots of options there. Anyone else? Listen to the West Ham Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. We've all got one and we're not afraid to put it on display. Our opinions, that is. Share yours now at Love Sport Radio on Twitter or call us 0208 70 20 558. Love Sport Radio, your fan station. This is the West Ham Fan Show here on Love Sports. Jake Watson in for Johnny Burrow this evening. He is resting up, got, his, uh, got himself the sniffles. Um, he will be back next week. Got James Jones and Danny, though, uh, in the studio with me. Um, we've been talking kind of various transfers and a host, host of other stuff that you do this time of the year. Let's talk about our defence, though. Um, let's start with Issa Diop. The rumours died down a little bit. I mean, it kind of that when Manchester United were going helpful ever for, for Harry Maguire, then felt like well, maybe we won't get him. So we kind of turned their attentions to Issa Diop. Again, they were kind of very much rebuffed, weren't they? And it's kind of died down again. I mean, the whole Issa Diop thing uh, made me laugh, but I think the only reason why United were interested is because they uh, Edward would remember what Jose Mourinho said about uh, Issa Diop last season. He, he sort of after Diop had. Had an absolute worldie against them, mm. and uh, Mourinho came out after and said, "Oh, you know, a well played to the scout that got him because he's, you know, he's a real monster at the back." And I think everyone must be like, "Okay, I need a centre back." Oh, yeah. I remember Mourinho mentioning that defender. Let's go for him. Um, and I'm really pleased with the way West Ham have uh, have conducted themselves in this. They've just gone, "You're not having him." Unless you pay ridiculous amount of money for him, but also from his perspective as well, he didn't say anything. He didn't say anything. Like, I'm, which, I'm, I'm happy, which is nice. Um, and then we we had the the, sh- the sheer guts to go, okay, if you want him, we'll have Anthony Martial <laughs> off you. And I love that. I love that. It's you know, years ago we were just taking the money and run, and this time we've gone. No, we'll play our ball with you. And it seems like because of that, it's gone away. Uh, hopefully it has because you know I want to see Issa Diop play for West Ham for, for many many years to come because I think he's absolutely class yeah so that's it isn't it is it, is it building a defence around him is he, is he the main man the leader yeah definitely I mean when you look at the centre back partnership of Issa Diop and Fabian Balbuena you think you know that's one of the best centre back partnerships we've probably had in a long time yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah it's really encouraging to have those two playing together and you know Obviously, Balbuena's a bit older, but there's a couple of years there where they can really build a strong partnership. Yeah. And as long as we keep Issa Diop for a couple of years, you know, even you know, it's sort of inevitable that at some point in, you know, hopefully the far future, he'll probably end up going to a bigger side at some point. But you know, you want to just enjoy seeing him commanding at the back and being really dominating and stuff like that. To as long as we can, really. Like Leicester City. Um, <laughs> so debatable. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm winding you up. <laughs> kind of. Um, it's about keeping them fit, though, isn't it, the pair of them? It is, yeah. I mean, Balbuena had uh, an injury problem where Bonner had to come in and deputise, but then Diop and Bonner looked really, really yeah. solid together. Um, which surprised me because, you know, as soon as normally when one of our defenders gets injured, it all falls apart, but it's, it didn't last year. And, but Diop, it took him a few games to to really 
to really sort of get used to the English English game. Yeah, because like, again, I remember when he came in, it was for a decent chunk, and there was a fair amount of hype. You know, there's lots of people who yeah. watched that that, that league on was saying, "Look, you've got yourselves a, a hell of a player here." But it wasn't completely evident, wasn't it, initially? But say by the end, yeah, it then kind of you start to realise actually, when, when you, again, when you consider how his age he is, was twenty two. Twenty two, yeah. yeah. You're thinking actually, you know, in a couple of years' time, you could have one of the best defenders in the Premier League at this football club. Yeah, definitely, and you know, a lot of a lot of West Ham fans hadn't heard of him. But when he when he turned up, yeah, you know, a lot of people were surprised that he played. Same. What I think it was like twenty three million quid for him, mm. um, and then he sort of didn't play for the first few games. But then his his first start for the club was against Wimbledon, the the Wimbledon game that when we he won. Scored. He scored. Yeah, he did. Yeah, but for the first twenty minutes, he was a little bit ropey, and then he got an elbow from. <laughs> I mean, that's an introduction, forward. isn't it? Yeah, that's an introduction to Tuesday the British night football in Wimbledon. Yeah. <laughs> get an elbow from Welcome a thirty year old, thirty five year old centre forward yeah, playing at James League Hansen, One. Yeah, it might have been. Yeah. And uh, after that, he's, he was just superb. It's if like he just needed an elbow in the face from someone yeah. <laughs> um, to wake up and realise where he was. And ever since then, he'd been he'd been really really good. And um, if yeah, you're right, if we can keep him fit, if we can keep him away from the grass or some of the bigger clubs for a couple of years, watch him grow. Um, and if we can get into Europe, which obviously is the long term goal, then there's no reason why we can't keep him for uh, for longer than just two or three years because obviously he's going to be one of playing in the biggest competitions. Yeah, got to give him a, a big. Bumper contract though, no. Yeah, it's gonna have to come. Yeah, I don't it, know what it he's is, on though, now, isn't it? But... This is the thing, you know. If you have a decent season, yeah, to to, st- to kind of stay away from that interest. I mean, even if it, you can talk about ambition of, of playing for Manchester United, why people want to go there? Well, you know, they'd offer him 150k a week. You know, I'm mm. not saying West Ham have to do that, but he his agent will be going to the football club saying, "Well, look, he's on, say for instance, 50, give him 90." And that's the way it works, isn't we it? We played a really dangerous game with what happened with Arnautovic in January. Yeah. Because, you know, he made made noises that he wanted to leave. Agent made noise he wanted to leave and suddenly got a new contract. You know, that sends a message to a lot of our players that, you know, just make a few noises and you can get a new contract. And, you know, l- luckily so far, Diop hasn't said a word. He said, like, no, I'm happy. I'm happy mm. where it is. But his agent could, could quite happily go, look, you know what, they're interested. Unless you give us a new contract, we're going to force a move. Um, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be against him giving a new deal. He deserves it. Yeah, no, no, and I agree. It's definitely that it would show a, a mark of ambition as well, keeping the likes of them and tying them down to, to longer contracts. So, Danny, don't think you need another defender. You, you think again? You know, if you you look after that partnership, you're fairly, fairly confident with the likes of um, Agbona. I mean, I suppose Rice can also drop in there as well. Yeah, well, I'm very happy with the centre-back partnership. But, I mean, if you look at last season, obviously Fabianski made the most saves in the Premier League, yet West Ham still conceded 55 goals. So there's something wrong there. Yeah. So um, (laughs) I think it's a little bit worrying that we've not looked at any defenders at all. what, What do you reckon that was then? Because Fabianski did have a good season and we're talking about Diop and Balbuena have a decent partnership. I mean, is it just one of those stats that doesn't perhaps tell a, the, the the true story or, or thinking maybe that the protection or the fullbacks? What is it? Well, I'd say we were a bit frail at fullback, but I've actually got quite a bit of faith in Ryan Fredericks that he's going to do really well he's this year. He's going to come year. good. Yeah, well, I mean, he, he ended up getting a 10 out of 10 performance against Southampton last year. You mean and on he, who scored again? Yeah. Yeah. And um, <laughs> it's part of my job, to be fair. So. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, but yeah, I mean, he's done he's done really well at the end of last season. So hopefully he'll carry that on. But I do think we need to sign a new left back. I mean, we were looking at Ali Calderim from Fenerbahce and he recently pocketed Mbappe. 
uh, when the Turkey beat France 2-0. Mm. Obviously, you can't go off on performance, but, you know, I do really think that if we get a good defensive left-back, we could be a solid defensive team this year. And, you know, with the fact that Manuel Pellegrini wants to play a midfield free of Rice, Fornals and Lanzini, so having two attacking midfielders, you're going to need a solid defence, otherwise you're going to ship so many goals. Mm. So I think we do definitely need to look at defenders in the transfer window, yeah. mainly at left-back. You agree with that, James? Yeah, I think left-back is the is probably the only area of the squad that... Because you've still got Masuaku and uh, Cresswell, right? Yeah, I mean, it's a shame because Cresswell has had so many great years at the club, yeah. but since he picked that happened. injury up yeah. a couple of years ago, he's, ne- he's not been the same. Uh, Masuaku... Is it a r- confidence thing, or has he just maybe lost a yard? What, I think what is it with I think, Aaron? I think it's a mixture of the two. Yeah. At the beginning, it was confidence, and then obviously, as time's gone on, he's had a couple of good games since then. Don't yeah, get me wrong. No, he's, he's not. He's not a bad player. But he again, has if, lost if, the if we're sat here talking about the progression and the ambitions, and and looking at the other players in and around him, it's got to the point that at one point he was your player of the season. He was one of your best yeah. players. To yeah. now, it's kind of actually to know what we can actually upgrade on you now. But his games had to change as well because you know since then we've changed the manager twice. You know, different tactics. Yeah. You know, different instructions. His games had to change and. Um, it's just a shame that what's happened's happened. But you know, Masaraka again. You know, he's come in and had you know had some good some good games. But he's erratic. You know, like one day yeah. it'd be it'd be absolutely superb. The next to be. You know, I wouldn't quite go as far as saying Maverick, but again, oh, just, he's a character. That's what I call him. You can't. I mean, if Will's listening, it, it'd be so upset because he loves him. Yeah. Calls him King Arthur, <laughs> but um, I'm not so sure. Uh, I mean, I like him, but. I don't think we can have him there, and yeah. I think we need to. It's the one position where I'm not 100% happy, 100% like sort of safe with. We need to bring in a proper left back, a left back that can be there for three, four, five years, and really sort of solidify that that defence. Because everywhere else we're looking good, we're looking really good, and you know if we can just nail that bit down, I'll be happy. Yeah, and then and that is you talk about that midfield three. You know, four nails, Rice and, and Lanzini. It's pretty tasty. Yeah, it, it is, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, three exciting young players, Declan Rice, you know, the best holding midfielder in England right now. Um, it's, uh, the producer, got, he just he jumped up. I think he's maybe disagreeing. I don't know. Yeah, but off the top of my head... It, it, <laughs> there isn't. There's certainly not an outstanding person massively ahead no, of him. Again, I, I was out there in, um, in Portugal and obviously playing for England in, in, in the first game when he got substituted off, England then... Conceded, and he, he was one of the better players, without a shadow of a doubt, in the in that England side. And we think he's so new into it, you know, he does continue just to, to take everything, you know, yeah. duck to water. But at the same time, it's always like you know this this difficult second album. You know, he's had this season now where everyone said, "Wow, what a player!" He's now got to, at the very least do the same again, hasn't he? And it is, it is you know suddenly people are watching Declan now a lot more than they were at the start of last season. I mean everyone's everyone's saying this this was his breakthrough season. Mm. It was the season before it was his real breakthrough season because that was where he had a lot of his difficulties. Yeah, you know, he did, where he Moyes did. pulled him out of the team for the mistake at Arsenal and you know that he was really sort of working out what he was where he was going to fit in. But he played over thirty games that that year. Um, so I don't think this year was his break. Okay, he got international recognition, and you know he's been linked with some big clubs. But you know, I think he's the sort of character that will just, will just you know just brush it off and go again. Yeah, well, it was his breakthrough season in terms of you know breaking into the consciousness of yeah, yeah. England and all that sort of thing. But you know, he it's not like he just popped up and suddenly was like an England international. You know, he sort of went through, as James said, went through last season and learned from his mistakes and. 
you know, it's been very important. And now you just watch him and you're thinking, you know, wow, like, I can't believe he's a West Ham player. I hope we just hang on to him for as long as we can. Yeah, mm. we will do a chaps. That's where we've got to leave it this evening. Absolute pleasure speaking to you both. Danny Lewis and uh, James Jones, West Ham fan here on Love Sport Radio. Uh, Johnny Barry will be back next week for you. This programme was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio. So some items may be out of date. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.